Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rodeo Time, the podcast. We've got a very special guest today. His name is Boots O'Neill. He is a legend in the Western world and has been for a while. He turns 90 in about 10 days, but he still ranches. Ranches stock around the clock, heavy ranching, none of that light to moderate stuff. He saddles his own horse and uh, brand drag calves, helps him wean, pick up bulls. He works at the Four Sixes, and that's where we travel to, Guthrie, Texas. We're going to go have this podcast at a buddy of mine, True Bursons. So bear with me on the audio. We're in a foreign land. Some of you guys know that my audio sucks even when I'm in here in the Dale Warehouse. Uh, if you are interested in anything Four Sixes or Boots O'Neill, please check out Four Sixes Supply on Instagram. It's 6666supply for the supply house and they've got caps they've got shirts they've got tack i think they've got a cardboard cutout of boots even so please check them out it's right there located in guthrie texas and um, i'd like to thank my sponsors can am american hats total feeds and rock and roll denim enjoy the podcast old son rodeo time gotta get her on down the road oh <laughs> now they, they said Lewis Brooks. Lewis Brooks. Yeah. Now, they, uh, we used to loan them horses to Butler Brothers there at Wagner's Inn. We had 250 saddle horses and stayed out the year around with a wagon and a rope corral and they had a lot of horses at Buck. And they'd let Butler Brothers just take one and buck him a season or two and if he slowed down just bring him back and turn him into horses. And one day they brought one back and left him at what we call the white face camp and that old boy living there just caught a horse and put a halter on him and led him over three or four miles to the wagon and he is fat and pretty and they turned him into moving there's a kid there named tubby whatley he asked that wagon boss boy that little horse is fat and pretty can i have him and banjo was running the wagon he said uh, yeah yeah he's yours and that kid turned around and started to walk off. He said, Willie Buck? And Banjo said, well, Lewis Brooks hadn't been having any trouble with him. And this kid never heard of Lewis Brooks. He bucked him off three times that evening. He knew who Lewis was the next day. I imagine so. You rode some Bronx, didn't you, back in the day? Yeah, I, I, I never was a rodeo guy but I, I worked for ranches all the time and they worked seven days a week and you could just get to but in the decade of the 50s why i uh, would go to this three or four rodeos every year but i i got along good i, I won a bronc riding three years in a row there at clarendon one time and i won the bronc riding over here to seymour one time and I just you'd just go to one Saturday night and you had to be back at four in the morning to go to work because we work <clears throat> Sundays just like Wednesday you know and so I just go to four or five a year but uh, we had horses at the ranch it was bad to buck I know one time at Stanett in the Bronx riding I drawed a J.A. I was working for the J.A.'s and I drawed a J.A. horse Saturday night and uh, went a second and brought a J.A. horse Sunday evening and went a third and got the average and I uh, was riding horses that come from the ranch where I was working. Dang. <clears throat> now, 
none of these ranches want their horses in a bucking strain, you know. Right. They don't want that brand to get right. seen at they a rodeo. That's not that that boy that's a, such a good bronc rider. It's down here at this junior college and uh, used to be his world champion one time. What's who am I trying to say? You thinking about me? No. Uh, <laughs> Definitely uh, not you, true. Huh? He rode broncs for for 15 years, real. White Sundale? No, no. He he works for one of the colleges down here, Cisco. or down in there as a as a bronc riding coach. Tom Reeves. Tom Reeves. Yeah. Yes, sir. I was reading an article where he he was raised on a ranch. His folks owned a ranch in South Dakota. Yes, sir. And uh, his dad was having a horse sale. And he was telling all about this and that and this horse and that horse and that being the sale. And in the last paragraph of the article, it said, and I might add that Tommy didn't learn to ride broncs on my horses. (laughs) 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 He didn't think that would be very good advertisement. What about uh, that bronc riding you won, that guy come to you after rodeo and wanted you to get on a couple for him? And how much did he pay you? Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is at Mascaro, New Mexico. There was a great bronc rider judging the bronc riding that day named Billy Weeks. Little, you've probably heard of Billy or might have knew some of them. There's a whole bunch of them Weekses. Yes, sir. Rode broncs in, but we had a just a little country bronc riding there, and I'd won the bronc riding, and there's a truck pulled up there. A little bobtail truck and had three little wild long mane tail horses looking out through them cracks and snorting and he said they'd bucked everybody off out there at the ranch and if somebody'd ride them that stock contractor said that uh, he'd buy them and I told him I'd ride them in a stock saddle if we just saddle them in the chute and buck them out and I bucked all three of them one after another and I'd ride one, and they'd bring my saddle back up there, and I'd get him. I had a stock saddle with taps on it and everything, but I was riding a lot of horses that bucked then, and, and they really cranked it up. I remember one of them little horses really bucked, but and uh, that old boy bought all three of them, and uh, they gave me $2 a head for riding them six bucks. That's not bad. <laughs> what year was that? Last 52. Month? 52. Yeah. Was that uh, Mescalero? Yeah. Mescalero? Yeah. My, my dad used to uh, work for uh, Charlie Thompson. He's a stock contractor out of Lubbock. Oh, yeah. And they he put on a lot of rodeos in Mescalero. They'd go over there, and yeah. there's a um, lot of Indians over there, yeah. aren't there? Yeah. And... Uh, he said, uh, like, one year they dropped off all the stock late one night and then came back the next morning, and a lot of those little Indian boys had had uh, tied up, tied all the calves down. So they put, um, like, all the, with baling twine, all these calves were tied. And so uh, they put uh, one of the fighting bulls in there at night. They never tied down any of the calves anymore. Did you, have, did you ever go to Mescalera? No, I've never been there. I, I just hear stories of my, dad my old man. Used to always go. And yeah. I always wanted to, but never yeah, did. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to go just to put a place to the the mm, name of yeah. the town for all the stories. But you wouldn't have wanted anything. Mescalera and Capitan. They yep. were both at the same time. I. 
<coughs> I don't think either one of our dads yeah, went. Any good. Yeah, I know. I don't think either one of our dads went in 1952. I was 20 years old in 52 and had rode lots of broncs. Uh, outside, you know, we broke a lot of horse. I broke them J.A. broncs three winters in a row in 51, 52, and 53, and we'd break. 50 head of four-year-olds every winter that had never been touched other than just been four-footed and tied down and cut and branded and uh, they didn't even know never had been fed grain they run out there in the Paladur Canyon we'd <clears throat> have the three-year-olds and the two-year-olds coming in we'd gather them with a cowboy crew and it'd be 150 or 60 horses and cut the four-year-olds out this year branded Yes, sir. And then drive them four-year-olds in. And then we, of course, we didn't know what we know now about handling these horses and doing it. And we, we just run one of them four-year-olds in there and four-foot him and tie him down to put a halter on him. And he'd try to bite you and squeal and stuff while he's tied down and you're haltering him and let him up. And we'd let him up and tie his foot up and saddle him ride him the first time, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But we, we didn't know, and that's the way we were taught. You yes, know, sir. And the guys ahead of us taught and to then, do it that way. So, about how old were you? Tell me about your first experience, like growing up, whenever you realized you wanted to be a cowboy. Well, I don't even know. I was raised on the ranch, and my dad was, and that's all, you know, when I, I was, my brother Wes O'Neill, uh, a lot of these boys know that uh, punched cows and he run the wagon at the J.A.'s and, and run it at the Wagner's too. And we started breaking colts when we was 13, 14 years old, break little old colts for them little places around. And then we, uh, the first time we made any money, we broke 20 head of three-year-olds for the roads. There at Clarendon, it was a big branch, and the Rose was then. And, you know, <clears throat> Mr. Rowe that founded that ranch went down on the Titanic but, uh, in 1912. But wow. <clears throat> his family stayed <clears throat> in the business till just recent years they went out. Part of the country Monty's got leased that he's moving up there to take yes, sir. his Rowe country. Yeah, and they just sold it. Part of it, yeah, it? it's mm -hmm. just a little ways from the row headquarters. But Dang. me and <clears throat> that is the first money we ever had. That is in 48. We broke 23-year-old gildings for them for $20 a head, and they paid us, and we got through 400 bucks and isn't, 200 apiece. Isn't that, and that's the first isn't that when Wes said that you, he, you told him you were only making 10? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wes is cutting up he said I got the money and told him we got ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> what, what what's the age gap between you and Wes 14 months yes sir but we uh, gosh we rode colts a lot of colts then is just uh, this is in the late 40s along there with buck them colts would buck when you start riding them you know but y'all uh, didn't grain them back then, so they no, buck a little harder road, now, don't on they? On these big ranches, <laughs> like here, and Wagner's, and we rode them horses on grass, 
from April till November, <clears throat> and you'd have like 10 or 12 in a mount. And then in November, when the grass started turning brown and you could tell the horses was getting weak, you riding while they'd have you to cut four, three old horses and a bronc. But a bronc would be coming five then, see. He'd be five at fault. And you'd keep that bronc, and then we'd feed them, and we'd morale them. And it'd be like 70, 75 head that you morale. And we'd morale them every morning and every night, and you'd you didn't have anywhere to go and you couldn't get to town, you stayed out and you didn't have a vehicle there. Nobody come or went and you come in of the evening why you somebody jumped in there and filled them sixty or seventy morales and then you morale them and, you, and then you just sit there. You know, now you'd want to go watch the news or something, but then we just sit there. <laughs> Till well, they get through eating, and then we'd take the morales off and uh, fill the morales so they'd be full in the morning. And then we'd go to bunkhouse, and them bunkhouses, your beds rolled out on the floor, and they just had a water bucket and a wood stove is all there was in them in the way of furniture. And be just feed them out. Yeah, <clears throat> oats, and sometimes they had cubes, but you just had a box there they filled that, and then you just fill them morales. We made the morales out of, we made them ourselves, and they just turned toe sacks back and sewed it across the bottom with a sacking needle, and then we'd plait a three-strand head stall out of binding twine, and, and you'd put it on him, and you'd have to make three or four new ones every once in a while, and and we moved, we just moved the morales and the horses and wherever we camped. And we'd, and then of a morning, you'd morale all of them and then pull the morales off of everything but the one you was going to ride and put the morales up and then you could catch that horse with a morale on him that you was going to ride. And, and I'm dominating the thing here. I don't you uh, think... Would you like to go back to them days, or do you like it right now, or what's the biggest change you've seen? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I made a talk somewhere one time, and I was telling about the changes, and I thought in the 50s, we started, they went to some of these camps on these outfits and and got electricity there, and they built bathrooms on them. They all had outhouses prior to that and so they got that and then in the 60s the late 60s they got to letting a lot of them taking off Sunday they'd turn you loose Saturday evening and Sunday till Monday so it was a and, little while where you guys were working seven days a week right yeah for 80 and 90 days at a time and then Dang. in the 70s we got the goosenecks the gooseneck trailers come in in the 70s. That changed. We could load four or five horses in a gooseneck and get back over in a corner where you used to. You'd had a truck, and you couldn't get over in a truck. You know? Yes, sir. And you could haul four or five horses over Many there. Many, Pete. And uh, get get back in there. And then 
had them through the 70s and 80s, and but the biggest change in all was two changes. In, in the late 50s and early 60s, they started getting a few in these camps, them little 13-inch black and white TVs, and people could watch. I remember the first show I ever seen, a guy invited me down to the house and said, let's cook some calf fries and we'll watch this show. He's a cowboy there at Wagner's, and we went into his house and and watched Cheyenne Bodie on television. And we, I mean, an old boy with me thought that was really something. What year was that? I think that had been in 55 or 6. But then in the 90s, the biggest change in the way we live and think and work come in is in the cell phones. That's changed. You know, now you're hunting a bull down there. Yeah, I can call over the hill and ask you if you've seen him yet and used to. We'd wait till we got in that night to find out whether you found him or till we run into each other. But yes. <clears throat> the cell phones, I think, have the biggest change in my life on ranches and what we do and everything is having cell phones. For the bad or the good? How? <clears throat> you think it's good or bad? <clears throat> well, <laughs> I, I better not go there. <laughs> I, I, I was eating over there at the race barn recently, and that's a long, nice table. And there's 12 or 14 people sitting there, and there wasn't a living soul there but myself that knew who was next to every one of them was on the phone. <laughs> and the, the, around the table. And the, uh, but uh, that's that's progress, you know. And my daughter took me to the doctor today in Lubbock. I had to go get a checkup, and uh, I told her a thing or two. I'm not going to say them here, but because true and Austin and them are here, but it's things <laughs> that's different now and that bothers me a little. Yes, sir. And she said, Dad. That's not your monkey, and you're not in the circus. <laughs> not worried about it. <laughs> well, speaking of, like, big changes, uh, my dad was telling me he was talking to a guy. They were at the pitchfork, and he said something about screw worms. Oh. Wasn't, there, wasn't that a pretty big deal, like, oh. before? Oh, God, it's the biggest thing that I've ever seen happen in the industry. To see, when... I, I can remember, like, <clears throat> in 51, I was at the Matador Wagon and we was branded. And we stayed there all time then. Nobody come or went, and we pulled it with mules. And we pulled the Hoodlum Wagon with mules for branding. And we was in a 300-section pasture, and we'd just make a drive and brand them cattle and turn them loose. And then tomorrow, we'd just lap over a little and you'd have a few branded ones in there that you had four and brand them we'd brand where we got them held up they'd bring a branding outfit down there and the worms got so bad that we quit branding and turned around and went back and went to making them same drives and doctoring worms out of them just hold them cattle up and doctor screw worms rope and doctor worms 
Did you just, just carry like the medicine? Just get done and then have to go right back to them, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and we used to there at Wagner's put in the summer. We'd start out branding in the spring. We had 12,000 cows, and we'd start out branding, and then when the worm, we'd start in April, and when the worms hit us, we'd quit dehorning. We had horned Hereford cattle. We'd quit dehorning and just cut and brand them. Yes, and the sir. old man run that thing said they watered in tanks. We didn't have windmills or pipelines there. It was all dirt tanks and rivers. He says them bouquets will stand out in that water and drown them rats out, them worms out. So we'd keep working. And then we'd start in December, we'd gather them two or 3,000 deer caves that we had quit dehorning. They was horned. And we'd put them <clears throat> at what we call the iron pens, and we had a chute there, and we'd gather six or eight hundred every day and put them in the corral this season and then in the morning while well, we'd dehorn them and we'd have and i'll swear to this and it, it bothers me when i'm telling stuff like this when somebody says i had a good friend say i really enjoyed that story but i thought you embellished that a little i'll swear by to god that it, i'm not it's exactly what I said is the best I can remember it but we'd put six men to dehorn like you two and you two and me and this gentleman and uh, I'd, we, they just hitting that chute bam and they, I mean their back end would still be in the air when they had hit that chute as an old arm jerked that gate down on top and they, me and you saw them together I saw left-handed and you right. I saw down and you saw up so our knuckles won't hit. We'd just step up there and knock the horn. We'd have a pile of horns there after a while and we'd saw 25 and just have a big wood fire going there. And then we'd just fall over and lay there and you two would get up and saw and then your next two, there'd be six of us sawing all day. and. Uh, the next time we saw, I'd saw right-handed and you left-handed, and we'd saw 25, had a man counting. He'd say, 24 in the chute. We knew we had one more. And we done the same way, Brandon. I talked to him about it when I come up here, and they wasn't for it at all, but we, uh, Brandon, them big herds, we'd have uh, the knife man See, we'd have, here they want everybody that's flanking standing there at the fire. You can't hardly get through them with a horse dragging calves, see. But there, they had all, you go over and sit down out of the way. Me and you are flanking this time. The knife man will say, and you flank 10 and sit down. And he'd say, nine on the rope. There's nine coming in. Them two over there would get up and get ready, and we'd go sit down. They'd come in. He'd say, nine on the rope, and then we'd go back, you know. And we'd done that for years there. And hey. But <clears throat> when I first come up here, I mentioned that to them, you know, but they wasn't, you know, J.J. wasn't interested in How many a day would you everybody to be out there all the time, right out where you was at. How many a day did y'all usually brand? Well, we just, we, we wouldn't brand but 250 or 300. That's near. I always wanted to brand 500 there when I was the boss. And I remember one time 
I had 478 branded, and the men could count up just with him and him and him. Two got away. I lost one over there. I lost uh, 22. That God, that'd have been the 500. <laughs> <laughs> got but I've branded 500 here before. Yes, sir. We branded 500 in Croton a time or two here. Croton's <laughs> a big day. Same days. <laughs> you know about that <laughs> in the rain how big is Croton <clears throat> it's 14, about 25 sections 14,000 acres yes sir do uh <clears throat> and that's always two jerks uh Bones told me that he gathered one jerk before really but yeah since I've been here time or two, but it, <clears throat> how many guys y'all have 90% of the time we round it and two, make two drives and usually go to trap and then throw them up in the corner and cut the dries out and then round it and pin them in the morning and strip the cows and brand the cage. This is the only big outfit out of the ones that I've worked for, like the Matadors, the JAs, and the Wagners, was big ranches that run a chuck wagon and had a lot of cowboys. <clears throat> this is the only one I've worked for that stripped them. We just all them other places brand them with the cows in the cage. Yes, sir. You know, you branding outside a lot there at Wagner's and the Matador. You couldn't strip if you start stripping, you had lost the cage. You know because yes, sir. But uh, and we just branded them. Do they and, still brand them with cows in the pen? Yeah, over there. Well, uh, I can't say now, but uh, they did. Uh, you know, I left there in the Matadors. Park. No, they strip them. Man. Do they strip? Yeah, they strip. Them? That's we, not uh, easier on your calves, isn't it? Huh? It's easier on the calves. <clears throat> oh, I, I like to leave the cows in them and uh, rope them. I think the calves stay quieter and you don't have as many wrecks. you got to be careful and you got to watch that old boy that ropes a cow accidentally. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> Dale roped another cow. <laughs> At, least, me. At least you'd catch something. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Whatever. Branded. That was a layup. <laughs> Does it? I guess it probably gentles the cows down a little bit too, huh? Well, it it it, it keeps the things quieter. I think where you we used to hear have them last few in these caves are weighing five when we're branding them. Then uh, they'd be on the fight and come out of there and wipe out the branding outfit and two or three men. And uh, and I'd sitting there thinking if y'all had turn about fifteen cows in there with them. You could slip around in there and catch them, but they wouldn't do it at all, and they don't don't believe in it at all. Have you always tied off? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've sir. always went with that theory. If you know, if you, yeah, I've dallied a team roped a lot. Yes, I've, sir. I've been going to take Austin because in there because I never rope now, and I don't in there and show him I've got a drawer full of belt buckles I've won at team roping. Won <laughs> yeah. three saddles at team roping, but uh, <clears throat> I've always went on that, that theory of when, when you tie it on, you, you either got him or he's got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gotta. Good thing you don't tie on. Yeah. Right. What about you guys? You 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 dally, true, don't you? I like that. Yeah, I do both. If I'm dragging on a young horse, I'll always dally. It's easier on them. 
Dad, if I'm outside lot. roping on a young horse, I'm like boots, I'll put it on the peg in case Team something roping. happens, I got them. But I've gotten it lately, the last couple of years, I'll just dally outside. Outside? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. You're grinning. No. I mean, I've lost my rope a time or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there has been some times that I'm glad I've lost my rope. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I get nervous about losing digits when I'm branding but I tried to I dallied this spring just because I wanted yeah. to see that, like, see if I could I think but it's I like good it. and I wish that I dallied could dally more I just I used to dally pretty good to team roping but out on the range it's it's always different to me to try to dally and handle absolutely it. bunch yeah, of trees I, I, I tied on my whole life growing up and I couldn't <clears> hardly dally so then one day I just decided Quit using the horn knot and just make, my, make myself learn how to do it. You save money on horn knots. Yeah. I've got it. I think it's a lot easier on your horses, too. To what? To dally than tie on. Is, it seems like there's just a lot of people that are, like, adamantly against it, which I don't understand. I mean, I, I understand both sides. I yeah, do both. Yeah, that's what I I don't have, you know. Like you I, do I, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to mix it up. What what are um, have you been have like hurry, I mean. <laughs> out towards Arizona or up in Wyoming? Yeah, what yeah. what's cowboying like in those parts of the world? That's well, I little... really like cowboy. I'm a cowboy in Arizona. Ro's and Babbitts, two of the biggest ranches. I've worked at the wagon in both of them, and really like to punch cows out there. And I think they're they're about now the way they work and punch out there where we was 25 years ago here the way they work and live and them camps are way out and a lot of them are not modern and they got wood cook stoves in them and stuff that's it's hard on women and yes sir. them things but i got a little problem i can't get up because i'm hard and you got pee pee? My beer's sitting <laughs> by that, right there it. by the thing, and it's just getting hot. Oh, it's over there by the, by the coffee. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I'd keep it on the floor and not let it be in the picture. You, it, well, it's up to you. Can we take a drink? You I could might. put it You could put it on the table. It's okay. I can put it in the cup if you don't want it. I'll drink some. drink some and set it yeah. on the floor. Thank you. Yes, yeah, sir. <clears throat> Um, oh, he's going to get another beer. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Are there any big differences at some of those ranches? Like, like, what's a big difference at, at, like, the Babbitts, for instance, than maybe how we do it in Texas? Well, uh, first of all, they, uh, they don't have, admit, I, I'll tell you what I told a boy just recently that was going to go out there. I told him the first thing you'll notice is here, Every one of these pickups has got a Yeti 
thing on the back with a <laughs> bottle of water in it, and you get out there, every one of them boys will have a Clorox bottle that's been washed out and cleaned out, and it wrapped in a tow sack, and that's what he'll have his water in. <laughs> yes, sir. It's that different, you know. Yes, sir. And, uh, and then them boys stay way out, and then, uh, of course, in Arizona, you have to shoe every horse. I don't care if it's the old wore-out pet at the house that you're going to lead the kids around on. He's got to be shot really? to go. And, uh, so if you're going to work out there, you need to know how to put one or two on. Yeah. yeah. Put them all on. Yeah, they'll... Uh, they, uh, they, everybody's got a shoeing outfit out there. Most cowboys. I gave mine to Dusty, but it's just like a little looks like a little bedroll. Yes, sir. You unroll it, and you've got nippers and nafs and everything in that, and roll it up, and you just carry it, and you TP with your bedroll. Yes, sir. And everybody has his own shoeing outfit, and some of them ranches will buy a few rasp, help you out and furnish with rasp. But I've got a joke I tell about this kid yeah. shoeing a horse, and he slapped him with a rasp and that old man sitting there on a can said you better be careful son slapping that horse that rasp i fired a boy 20 years ago for hitting a horse with a rasp that kid said yeah it's probably the same rasp (laughs) 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 evidently it wasn't too good was it what uh what was that oh what was that boy doing that uh he asked you to do something and you said you had too much tied up in leather i don't know i've said that terrible <laughs> well, true last yeah. week asked him to do something yeah. <laughs> it was actually true uh, uh, i uh i was working wagner's in the early 50s on the north end of the bells at uh, and I was working there for them. I was living at Costa Colorado, right out of Mascaro. I was talking to that Chris Wilson's wife today and telling her there in the store that me and her both used to live at the same place because her and her husband lived there at the mule camp, and that was a camp on Wagner's. But it was, it was uh, belonged to the Bells, and then Wagner's bought it in 1930, and then 54, they sold it back to the bells and but and and you can imagine any of you boys can see what the horses was out there they were bad numbers because they raised all of them down here and they'd just come out there to wagon and and tell them boys said boys everybody's got to cut two horses and we got to send them to mexico to them boys well, you know what they said. <laughs> and that's what they had out there to ride. That's but, kinda how I got my string here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. What uh remember the you told me about that boy got bucked off and you went and got his horse and the boss told him to get back on him and he wouldn't. And he made him walk back to headquarters. Remember that one? Austin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was out there. At the, at the rabbits, yeah, I mean out there. I wouldn't the walk though. Bells, yeah, that that horse. And you know that it, it, this is 
you guys will have a hard time with this, but I'll swear to it. But he bucked this boy off, and me and that straw boss run him down there about a quarter and caught him. And I just asked that straw boss, and I don't know why I didn't have to. I just said, do you care if I ride that son of a buck back up there to him? And he said, no, but said he's a six-footer, and we can't change them saddles, me and you out here. I said, I'll just ride him in that, and, and we got him around, and I just stepped on him and hooked my right spur in his neck, and boy, he did squeal. And, <laughs> and, but, and then I, I slipped by him and got him up there, got off, and that boy wouldn't get on him. And he said, no, I ain't going to get by. I said, well, you can ride the one I'm riding. We'll take the saddles off. And, I, and then he said, I ain't going to ride the one you're riding. And so they let him stay in there. That straw boss went back to town to the ranch and got a pickup and come across there and picked him up, took him to town. <laughs> but they quit painting. If I yeah. <laughs> if uh, you know, there's a boy in Vernon and he's a good friend of mine and I'm not gonna call his name because he's an attorney and he does a lot of <laughs> Legal work for me now <laughs> but if I need a lawyer he's who I'd go get but he was riding a, a horse there at the D's one time that thump some buck had bucked me bucked him off three times that morning on a drive I mean just body slammed him and I caught him <laughs> twice and led him back up there to him and after that third time I just told him I'll swap with you I'll ride him the rest of the day and uh, my brother Wes was running the wagon, and he just, I was in my middle 30s then, high 30s. And he said, Boot, you don't have to do that. And I said, no, I'll ride him. I, I felt pretty sure that I could ride him or I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and so we just swapped saddles and put them on him. And as I oozed on him, I just oozed up on him. They called him World Series, and he would buck. And I knew he'd buck, but... As I oozed on him, one of them boys just sailed his hat under him. And I'll never forget, I, I heard that a front, it was a felt hat, that front foot pop, and the back pop. He pawed that thing and then kicked it as it went. <laughs> and he did have a fit, but I uh, slipped by him and then had to ride him several miles to wagging his camp way back over. And, but uh, that, that feller was a He's a tough hombre and wasn't scared. He'd keep keep getting on him. I seen old Butler, a horse rode him three times one morning, and I told him, I said, if 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 you don't learn, I was the boss then. I said, if you don't learn to ride this thing, I'm gonna send you back to your mother and dad's farm. <laughs> and boy, it wasn't no time till he could ride anything we had. <laughs> He said he didn't want to go back to that heart's gravel farm. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, what <clears throat> you were at the Wagner's the out of any place you've worked on, you were at the Wagner's the longest, correct? No, here. Oh, it's been here. I worked for Wagner's 24. All them other places, I'd work a year or two or work through. Like there at the Matter Doors and the JAs, a time or two, I worked for both of them in the same year. Then, if if you're a, a good hand, and them wagons is just them chuck wagons, they'd hire you if they had amount of horses. If, 
And if you quit when they got through, they didn't care. They didn't really want you around when they wasn't working. Cause like now, everybody's study the year around, but they just let you go. And uh, they and if, if a body was a good hand and they had a mount of horses, well, they'd they'd give you a job. And uh, I mean, that's uh, a big change too. Really, when your yeah. day worked back then, you just took your saddle and you. Yeah, they rode their horses, yeah. Uh, and and I seen this happen. I'll tell it on Wes because he's a quiet, soft-spoken fella. He caught horses one morning and, and roped horses out of a rope corral. And there's two of them boys drunk. One of them was a great big guy, your size, you know, and pretty tough. I remember thinking, yeah. God dang, Wes, you shouldn't have done that. But... Uh, <laughs> They is drunk out there, and it's just getting light, and Wes caught horses for 10, 12 men, and then just walked out there and saddled his, and coiled his rope up and laid it over the saddle horn and turned around and said, there won't be any more drunks out here at this rope corral of a morning when we're catching horses. And that guy your size, a lot of these boys know him. He just died recently, lived at Matador. He just trotted up there and said, I guess that means me. He's already on his horse. And Wes said, yeah, don't let that 50 pounds you outweigh me keep you from getting off of that son of a buck, neither. <laughs> I thought, God almighty, Wes, he both of us. But he just turned around and trotted off. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty, Wes. Uh, oh, boy. You ever been drunk catching horses? Nope. No, me neither. Have you yes. ever, have you and Wes ever, uh, have you ever had to get in a fight for Wes? No. Or vice versa? No. Uh, I've had one or two, but I don't think that, uh, uh, Wes was pretty... You know, he run that wagon, me and him was talking about that not long ago, 12 years and one hitch one time that worked year around and they had 12,000 cows and worked a, a 15, 16 man crew and never did have a serious run in with a man other than like that deal there that morning he just told them boy, there wouldn't be no more drunks. I, I seen him tell a boy, a boy come up to him and, and had been working here and he come down there and he'd been there about a week. And he had a bay horse in his mouth that he hadn't called for. And uh, he come over and told Wes, said, Wes, I, I know I can tell every time you lead my horse out, you're wondering when's he gonna call for the bay horse. And, but he said, I can't ride that horse and uh, I can't sleep at night cause I, I'll, lay there thinking about him and if I doze off I dream and it startles me and wakes me up <laughs> and I, I need to know what to do and Wes told him said well he's in that mountain you're gonna have to ride him if you're gonna stay here and that boy walked on off and went back over and in the, in the morning at breakfast he told Wes he'd believe he'd go in and he left wow but the, now they wouldn't make a man uh, it, just come and told he's a good feller and just come and told him he couldn't ride that thing but he just at that time that's the way they done it 
Yes, Wes sir. Wes said, you know, I'd have to ride him if he is in mine. So <laughs> yes, sir. you have to ride him, and uh, it, that's a... Uh, so you were you 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 were at uh, Wagner's for 24 years, and you well you were at the JAs first. Yeah, I went to work for the JAs in '49. I was 16, and uh, yeah, I'm doing all the talking here. I I tell you about the first day I was there, if, and then I'm going to shut up. No, no, no. That's that, no. We're, they hauled me way out in that thing was way out in the country. The JAs. It's not right close to town and it's an old dirt road two old rickety bridges to cross this the headquarters and then a man there they didn't at that time they had like 10 or 12 I could name them camps and five or six hundred sections there and and they didn't own a pickup they didn't have one at headquarters nowhere on that right no kind of a trailer or nothing and, but that old man in an old Jeep that was a farm, a little farm for him down there raised hay, loaded my bed and saddle and hauled me about, and just, I was 16 years old, just a baby, about 30 miles down there to the edge of that river in the bottom of the Paladur Canyon and unloaded my bed and saddle and some groceries for the wagon and said, they called across there and got hold of a camp and told that camper to ride down the wagon and tell them to come across here and get you so they'll come after you after a while the wagon team and he just loaded up and left and I sat there an hour or so and I'm beginning to wonder if I should have <laughs> stayed with mama but the, Is that when uh, you turn that wagon over on that smoke? No, that is a different deal but they Directly they showed up across that river. This is in the bottom of the Paladur Canyon. And there's a wagon and team and two men horseback. And that river was up and a rolling. Big white foam and sticks and stuff coming down it. And they tied one of those horses with his rope to the end of the tongue where he'd be out in front of the team and put the other one his rope over the wagon box and the running gears because that wagon box, you know, just sets in there and the water could lift it out. And that held it on and he got on the up water side and they come across and loaded me in my bed and saddle and them groceries and we went back across to the wagon and then stayed all night there. And there's about 15 men staying back in there and the next day, they roped me, and I swear on the Bible, they roped a six-year-old sorrel horse. He was a 43 model, and drug him out of there on a horse and said, here's your bronc, because you got a hackamore, and of course I had a hackamore. And we hobbled that horse and hackamored him and got him saddled, and I got on him then, and that sucker bucked all in four or five times, as hot as in July. He'd have a white foam on him where he'd buck and stop and just stand there and mend him at both rest till if I moved him, he'd blow up. And I never had to ride that horse again. They never did mention him again, but uh, they told that. I was in the bank in Sligman, Arizona one time, and an old boy that was working there at that time, 40 years later, 
told about me riding that bronc because they thought I was just a little old kid and they'd send me back to town, you know. But I'd been riding a lot of Colts' buck already by then, and I slipped by him. But the one you're talking about, the, at that time they had three wagons there. And they, they uh, had a chuck wagon we pulled with four big horses. <laughs> and, you know, I can't remember my sister's children's name, but I can remember them four horses was Tommy and Jerry and Dopey and Hyena, or two big perchins <laughs> pulled that chuck wagon. And then we had two big perchins pulled a hoodlum wagon. And the hoodlum wagon had three water barrels on it and the rope corral and the shoeing outfit. And uh, and then they had the bed wagon, which was just an old butcher knife wagon that they hauled the bed rolls on. And it was the team of old horses called Scar and High Brown that were bucking horses that they had broke to work and uh, drive that wagon. And the cook would drive that four-horse hook up when we moved. And the hoodlum would drive that hoodlum wagon and whatever old kid was on the bottom of the pole, drive that bed wagon on moving days and just throw your saddle on top of them beds. And, and that was me at that time. And we was going right down the bottom of the Paladur Canyon. <clears throat> we crossed the river five or six times. And they had, had to remove them in front of us and they'd drive 175 saddle horses. They'd drive them across and bring them back, drive them across and bring them back, drive them across, and we'd cross right behind them with them wagons because it packed that yes, sir. river bottom, that quicksand, see? And we'd, and I was sitting up on top of them things back there. I'm behind going along, and I was trying to roll a Bull Durham cigarette <laughs> and dropped one of them lines, and boy, old Scar and High Brown left there. And they come by that chuck wagon and running wide open, and that cook hollered, said, jump off, son, jump off. And I did, and they turned that thing over and pulled it upside down in the water down there, got the beds wet, tore the harness up. I, I, I figured it'd fire me. You know, I hadn't been there but about two weeks. That's about two weeks since that day they come across the river and got me. But that, that guy knew I really wanted to be there, you know, that boy running the wagon, and he was pretty good about it. They sent a boy horseback five or six miles across there to a camp and got a belly band and a tug to fix that harness, and the boys was mad about their beds being wet. <laughs> but uh, we got everything loaded up and went on. But, and I, I tell people when I tell that I don't smoke now. <laughs> <laughs> Last cigarette ever rolled. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So don't smoke. It's dangerous, kids. <laughs> <laughs> if you're driving on scar and high brown, it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So uh, you still um, you still have uh, some Bronx in your string today? No. <laughs> No, uh, True and Dusty's riding my Bronx now. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I tell you, I told Dusty on the phone last night. He said, don't worry about it. But that's hard for me right now, and I'll be starting my 90th year here in about two weeks. But to ask somebody to ride a horse for me because I've rode 
whatever I had to ride all my life, you know. What but, year did you stop riding your Bronx? Oh, I, I, I two rode years ago. Horses, <laughs> I rode some horses here and rode several horses bucking here when I was in my early 70s. I rode yes, a sir. horse right up there to Ryan's on that pavement. I don't know if I've ever told you about that, but Monty and all of them, Joe come by just as he thought. I rode a horse through that gate there by that cattle guard in front of the house. And, lay, and you know that's down a slope and slick ball highway. For, and this horse, I just leaned over to hook that chain and boy, that sucker exploded like he's coming out of the chute. And I, I, I knew I could keep thinking he was really jumping high and kicking. And I could tell, I'd tell myself that, that stay focused and try to help yourself because he's going to go down on it. He'd hit his shot. He'd hit that pavement and it'd be an 18 inch long lick slide in that pavement, you know. And I know uh, one time I, I, I remember thinking you're in good shape, and then I, in a minute I thought, nope, <laughs> you're kind of getting up on the swell. You better try to get back down in there. Sounds like your rodeo career. He yeah, just bucked out there seven or eight jumps and stopped, and I stepped off, and Joe drove up. And Joe wasn't the boss then. He's a camera. He called the boss and said, I think boot. I was a gasping and, and you know that thing was cranking it up and on that pavement shot and, uh, but uh, he talk, called the boss and said you better get somebody over here I think and he, but I got him straightened out and got run around and got him off the edge there and got on him and went on I was coming over here to look at some cattle on this field <laughs> on him but uh, boy he did uh, right in the middle of that pavement that sucker <laughs> cranked it up but I rode several horses bucking here when I was in my 70s pretty yes, good. Yes, sir. But uh, Oof, I don't when, know. When did you quit riding? I kind of. I got on one today, bro. Today? <laughs> this morning. Did yeah. you ride a, a did he, bucking did he, horse? Did you stay on him? I did. Barely. <laughs> you yeah. know. Until he opened the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had a really good nod. Yeah. Talked about them bronks and stuff. And if I would have ever learned... Because we've sat here and talked, and I'll swear after anything I've told you is the truth, I would. But I didn't know how to. And you know, I saddled the first one or two of them I rode in a chute, kind of like I was going to drag caves on him, because I didn't <laughs> know nothing about. How, and I just used the, the all them stock contractors then. I don't know if they still do. Had four or five old association saddles. They still had horns in them saddles but they'd haul them with stuff and that just get all I didn't ever have a bronc saddle Wes had a bronc saddle of his own that he rode he rode a lot more in the arena than I did they that don't, would be, they don't uh, supply saddles anymore because it's people like Brew go to them rodeos and they don't take care of stuff <laughs> they don't take care of it they supply you a halter that's a halter and that's Brew yeah. probably lose his that's a that was what I was thinking about the saddles. I was like, geez, I would, I would hate to show up and be like, hey, you got a <laughs> saddle like tomorrow? Which saddle? Especially if you're late. Well, yeah. I've seen some guys that showed up to a rodeo before and be like, hey, I'm, I'm entered. What, what do y'all got mm -hmm. for me? Right. 
Yeah, that's usually how it is with halters. Like, yeah. you don't even want to be late, so you get a bad halter, yeah, much exactly. less a bad saddle. Yeah, a bad halter show up, and I've showed up to some of them, and they're like, oh, there's 10 of y'all in here. We got nine halters. Yeah, we've only got nine, nine halters. I'm, the guy, I'm like, hey, 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 yeah. Dale, uh, when you're done, can I borrow your halter? Yeah. No, bro, get your own. You got to tell the stock contract, like, can you separate us because we're, we're borrowing stuff? Yeah. I'm a Christian and believe in Christianity, but if I didn't, if I believed in that, where you reincarnation, reincarnation, I've always said I didn't decide that today. I've said it for years. I'd like to come back as a bucking horse. Yes, sir. I, yeah. I really respect a really good bucking horse, and I just like watching the rodeo channel tonight. I, and I really appreciate now the respect they get from the people. Used to a bucking horse was just a mean son, bro. And they didn't take care of him particularly or anything, you know. But now them, them guys are celebrities, them good bucking horses, you know. Yes, sir. I, dang, I'll tell you, I can't imagine a man sticking it in that womanizer and putting it on. <laughs> that yes, sir. buck is a bucking horse. Have you seen that big white horse from Canada they call Virgil? Yeah. That's C5. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, He's he, the prettiest bucking that's horse. That's a good – and a big rascal. Looks like yeah, – You, you don't know, believe it. how big he is until you see him, right? I mean. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've, I've only been up to him in person in Minoka, but, you know, he's a bareback horse. Yeah. Hey. Bareback horse of the year a couple of times, but they recently put him in the bronc ride, and uh, – I don't know. I get this feeling like I'd like to. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to get on. Yeah. It just gets well, me yeah, any bronc rider would, you know, would think I'd like to ride him. What a drifting in. Yeah, he made some I mean, pretty bucket. Obviously, he was, he's I not easy, that, but he made him look. That I mean, uh, boy that, that's a three or four times world champion. Rider, 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 rider. Uh, no, uh, uh, bareback. Oh, bareback. Uh, Casey Fields? Yeah, Casey. I can't think of him. I remember his dad when he rode all the time, but I seen Casey ride him one time bareback. Yes, sir. And, man, it was a pretty deal. You yes, know. sir. Bareback. Yeah, yeah. And you got to respect the horse Virgil. like that. Ever remember Tom Main McFarland that used to help us? Yeah. You ever see that video of him riding? I, I haven't, but I, I knew he rode a lot. He won uh, that Calgary thing one year that when it was, was fifty thousand. Yeah, hey, he was Houston on him. Yeah, on what? Virgil. On Virgil. No, you ain't seen that. Tom who? McFarland. I didn't know he won Houston. Yeah, long time ago. That horse been around that long? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same Virgil. Tom McFarland, not Tom Morehouse. Because he. Came <laughs> <laughs> I was working. If you ask me if I'd ever worked for Babbage. Because he's older now. I mean, he's. Yeah, it's the same horse. I think he was. When, what year? I thought Tom quit a while back. Give me Google it. No, I can't remember. But I mean, when I was working for Babbitt's, Tom's mother and dad was there and Tom was a baby. He's like this little baby here now. I remember when I was working for Babbitt's, they lived there to what they call Spiderweb, his mother and dad, and uh, Tom, Tom uh, McFarlane. McFarlane. Yeah, he was he was a, a baby, a little bitty baby. Really? When I was working for Babbitt's. Dang. 
Where's Tom? Did Tom come? Has he helped recently? A few years ago. Yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. We'll yeah, he had worked through and one after that. spring yeah. Brandon with us. And then and I was here that fall, a fall he was here. Was he? And He's a cow he puncher. He was good, have good cowboy, you know. He's just kind of ornery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he would deny that either. <laughs> you know, I come, I come in not too long ago, and there's a note on the screen door of my apartment up there where I, I lived and it said, Hi, Boots, I wish you could see this blonde I'm hauling, Tommy McFarland. <laughs> and that's all it said. <laughs> he come by and I wasn't there. It's very rare he doesn't have a smile on his face. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, uh, he's not a big, burly guy, but he's a tough little son of a buck and he will fight. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, I, I haven't done a few of the rough stock events i've always said if i had to pick an event that i would want to fight bareback riders would be last because <laughs> yeah, they got that's, to that's terrible you they got to go to a place in their mind you couldn't you couldn't kill them you can't kill them the good ones you know <laughs> wow. like like a tom mcfarland yeah. like it's you if you did win you ain't gonna enjoy it no <laughs> right. even if you, you win you might fight better but they're gonna they're, yeah, Bruce, it ain't gonna be fun. What's that? That bull rider that he's a world class now. Is Cooper? Cooper Davis. Cooper, Cooper Davis. Davis. So, Cole? Boy, that's raised Cole here. Cole. <laughs> Cole said, "You remember Cole?" I yes, guess. sir. Cole told me one time they was at a rodeo and they all carried their bags down a long string of rooms and he just went in his and threw it down and Cooper just come in and kicked that stuff out of the way and laid. He is down. Cooper was in the wrong room, I think, accidentally. And Cole said, I just got up and decked him. <laughs> and he landed flat of his back and floor, and I just stood there and looked at him and said, he got up and beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> he said he but, saw him later at a rodeo I, and they shook hands. I, yeah. I imagine he said he learned if you had a guy down, don't let him up. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he's a world champion bull rider. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I just thought when he was telling me how many, that kid's been riding bulls for 10 years at the top echelon, you know, and you know he's tough. Yes, he sir. He couldn't be there. Yes, sir. I could just see Cole, too, hitting him and standing over him. Kind of being I, proud. I yeah. really did so. How you like that? <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, boy. You know, I, I, took, I learned him his lesson. Yeah, he said, oh. Yeah. Cooper, he Cole told me, he said he got up and beat the stuffing out of me. <laughs> oh, man. Was there a lot of fighting back in the day on the wagon? No, I, I've seen two or three, really, the two of the best fights I've ever seen in my life because it was among uh, good, tough men in their 30s that were tough and wanted to fight, you know. Yes, sir. And, uh, and they were... Uh, really fought one of them was a one of the most i've I never seen two guys fight that uh, and it was at the chuck wagon way out in the country there's there's a guy fired the boy running the wagon fired this boy and he left and it'd been gone about two months and he just drove up there to the wagon and we had just riding up just jogging up there and stepped off our horses 
tied them to some trees fixing to eat dinner. And this wagon boss was pulling his shaft, had unbuckled his shafts and started. And this guy just walked out there. We ain't seen or heard of him in three months, you know, since he left. And he said, I come back here to whip your bam. And man, he popped that wagon rod right on the chin and they went to, to battle and they hated each other. And they was both in their thirties and they fought and rested and fought and rested <laughs> and fought the third lick and finally that guy got up and they're both bleeding their mouth is busted and their nose he just got up and said I've always respected him for this because he just got up and said well six or eight ten men standing around there watching fixing to eat dinner and he, he just got up straightened himself up and said well I drove up here from Odessa to whip your ass and can't do it and walked out there and got in his car and left. <laughs> never did see him again. But boy, they fought. And old J.R. Edwards and me was sitting on the side of the wagon. We had to hold our feet up. One time they got to fighting right there on the edge of the fight. And J.R. tough cook, he punched me and said, I can whip both of them. I can whip both of them. <laughs> I thought, well, he probably could. You ever been in a Just, fight, True? Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> you ever been in a fight, True? No, I, I'm a lover now. I'm growing I've up a little no, bit. Tell the one about the wagon cook. That's J.R. and the cook. J.R. was bad to fight and still has all of his life. He he fought here and he fought at Mitre Doors and he fought at Wagner's and he fought at the pitchforks, there's places he whipped somebody at, every, at the matter doors and everywhere. And he's a bad umbre and he still lives there in Thalia right now. He's a, he's a couple of years younger than me, so he's 87 or 8 and, and not in too good a shape now. But he was bad news and he'd tell you he'd rather fight than to argue. And, uh, but the cook made an announcement one morning, and this cook was a bad dude. I scared to death of him, and I worked there for several years with him. But this, this cook said, the next man that pitches one of these plates in this Roundup tub when I'm washing dishes, mm. I'm going to whip his rear because it's full of soap. And J.R. told me the next morning, we had camped at Little Six, is dark, wasn't light yet, two boys had just left to go get the horses, and he said, watch this, he just sailed the plate back from me to you in there, blondie just picked the pot hook up and turned and made a necktie out of it for JR, out of that iron pot hook, and they went to Fist City, and Blondie was about 50 and JR was 22 and but Blondie was mean tough something and they was really fighting they fought there and nobody done anything we just all watched Blondie's hat fell off in the fire pit and burned up and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you grab it for him <laughs> I didn't want to do anything directly old Blondie grabbed that shovel that he used to put coals under the Dutch ovens and stuff and took that back and back J.R. up about far from here to you. And uh, 
and then whirled and grabbed a 12 gauge shotgun laying on the side of the chuck wagon. And I never will forget, he just whirled and squatted. And I remember his hands was just white because it's just getting light. It's just, the boys, what broke it up and wound it up was the, they said, them boys are bringing the horses into the rope corral right out there by the way. But he squatted with that, pumped the shell in that thing and said, come under here and I'll cut you in two. Dang. And JR said, I don't think you've got the nerve. And I never will forget, cause Blondie is just as quiet said, come under here and see. And somebody said, horses there, and they turned around and went to the crowd. Golly. Do you think he would have done it? I, I think he'd had to, because if JR had come under there, he'd have beat him to death. You know? Golly. I, I, uh, mm. And you know, they worked together there for a year or two after that. It was seven days a week we had. They were good. I bet. After, I bet nobody after that. Huh? They were good after that. Yeah. I bet nobody threw their dishes in there. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to be at the end of that shotgun Set them in there real nice. You ever been in a fight, Brew? A couple. I haven't won one. I've nothing worth telling. Nothing I've, like that. No. <laughs> I, no. I've been beat up a, every fight I've been in. Yeah. But well, yeah. I get a so one one question I like to ask cowboys on this. You know, when we're talking is. Being on the internet, social media, you know, we get a lot of people watching and listening that are like, you know, live in town and maybe grew, you know, didn't grow up with access to this. And what would you say to somebody that wants to become a cowboy? Like, what what advice would you give them? Well, I, I would correct something that I said not long ago, and that boys printed it that. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I said that uh, if you want to really make a cow puncher, you need to get ready to suffer some. And yes, sir. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean it like that, and I wish I hadn't have said that, but, you know, it's a hard deal. And, it's a lot and of you've truth got to, to that, devote though. A lot to it. But they put that in a niggle, and then I seen a poster not long ago, and that old boy called me and said that poster look at that quote on the poster and it said for me if you want to make a cowpuncher you need to be ready to suffer but I, I wish I hadn't have said that but uh, you got to uh, it's hard and, and I've, I've uh, in my lifetime I've, I've, I can't remember I haven't seen many they've been a few and I don't want to get in trouble with anybody but guys that were late in life and started. The ones that made cow punchers grew up on ranches and their dads were ranches and they learned a lot of the, just a little of the cowboy logo when they were kids, you know, and instead of the old boy that finished junior college and then decided he won't punch cows and start and a lot of them are really good and they can learn to rope and ride and do all that, but they uh, they missed that first few years that they did, you know, growing up with their dad and them. I think I don't I don't know I, I, whether that answers your question. I, I don't. Uh, 
I think that you, you've got to really like it. I'll tell you what, when they made that movie here, Ride Around the World. Yes, sir. I told that director one day that, and this is the way you've got to do if you want to punch cows, but I told him there one evening that I had a lotto ticket for 50 million that I was going to scratch off in a day or two. And he turned to Nelda, that was my wife, before she passed away, said, what would he do in the morning if he won that lotto? And Nelda sat there a minute and said, he'd go to the barn in the morning and saddle horses. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to do, and the money don't mean anything to me. I mean, you really got to want to be one if you're going right. to do it. But, I mean, I agree with you. But if you start a horse when he's 10 years old, you ride him every day, all day. Yeah. You can get him. It'll right. take a little more work. Right. right. But you can get there. And they, they, uh, and they do, and that's what the reason I was kind of careful saying that. I don't know. I've known a no, lot of horses that started you. late, you know. Well, Brewster's one of them. But, hey, uh, uh, we've got wow. some cowboy sayings that I used to say about uh, an old boys that wasn't too good. They say, uh, when when he rides up to the herd, it's like two good men leaving because you got to take care of <laughs> And then they say, uh, that, that old boy just keeps a horse off grass and water when he's got that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and then you say he's a, a lot of places on a cow he never has punched. See, he used to say that about you a bunch <laughs> until you got this boss job, and now it's, he, he just says it to me, yeah, yeah. but not out loud. Yeah. 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 Uh, All three of those were used to be yeah, about you, but it. turns out you can't say them anymore. Now, there's always one guy in the crew. Yeah. I don't mind being him. What's your advice, True? Ranch or be happy. I've told you. <laughs> True's doing a, a good job, guys. At the, uh, he's got a tough position here, and I, I was thinking a day or two ago that two of the most important things for a young man running the cow outfit that's uh, running the crew, it's got a manager over him, so you got a man that's handling the business. But he's two things he's got to be able to do, and he's he's accomplished that is that you you got to be able to get along with the crew. I've yes, seen sir. a lot of them that couldn't, and then you got to be able to gather the cattle. A, <laughs> a wagon boss that can't gather them, you know, is in trouble. Yes, yeah, uh, sir. And uh, huh. you make that drive and you're 40 short, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, he, and he's done a really good job in that department. Uh, yeah. And well, I had a good teacher. Huh? I had a good teacher. No. <laughs> I, uh, well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I hope that I didn't r take charge of the deal. I didn't. What is your I, advice? I like to talk cowboy. about punching cows, and I spent a lot of years with them wagons. That, yes, sir. That, that, and it was different then. We stayed out, 
a lot, and you didn't go nowhere, you, and you didn't have pickup right there with you, or like wagons now, you have a care who's staying out there at the wagon, there's two or three rigs comes and goes. Yeah, I sir. stayed there at that J.A. wagon in that Paladur Canyon when we stayed there for a month and a half, two months at a time. Not a motor vehicle of any kind come to that thing. Nobody come or went. And one old boy, I remember, was leaving there and riding good ways across there to a camp to see his wife, and we, we named that little horse. He used to tell us he was going to go get some clean socks. <laughs> we named that little horse, and he stayed there for years, clean socks. That's funny. <laughs> right. Clean no, socks. My advice is and and that's we have a, I have an intern program where people will come stay and 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 work for free for a little bit but that that's my advice if somebody you know because you can't help where you're born you know no. you can't help what you're born into and and some people just don't have access to some of the things that we were blessed with and so I think <clears throat> you find somewhere to work for free because that's where your joke comes from like He's he's good at all he's good for is keeping a, a horse off of grass feed, water, grass, and water. Well, essentially that means if you, I'm not going to pay you to do that, you know, mm -hmm. because essentially you should pay me to do that because now I'm having to teach you teach, and yeah. provide you a horse. Well, so I tell people I said find somewhere, find a ranch to go. It'll be I mean it's 20, 30, 40 people a day ask me this. And I tell them, like, find somewhere to work for free and work really, really hard. And eventually, maybe they'll pay you. Mm -hmm. But essentially, it's a free education. If you, you know, college, you got to pay for that. Yeah. Well, if you can work for free, because there's even a, a ranch like this one we're on, like, there's little jobs that if you had three or four free day laborers, you know, like, you guys got enough help here, so this one's not a good example. But there's a lot of ranches where it's like, you know, find, tying up fence stays or something. Yep. It's just a mindless task. Once you know how to do it, you know, and it'd be you, better if the three of you guys weren't doing it because y'all, you know. So learning's all about to me. It's all about stepping stones. Like you can start with tying in the stays for exactly. free, and then then they see you. You're good. I mean, you do right. that, so they'll give you a bigger task. Right. And then, and then, then eventually you do all these, and they're like, "Wow, he's actually he's a hard worker. Let's yes, let's pay him." And then they'll pay you, and then, I mean, your job just progresses as you and then one as day, you learn, and then one day you after a lot of hard work mm -hmm. and time, mm -hmm. you're a cowboy, right. and you, you get to make sixty five dollars a day. There's a lot of those <laughs> boys you that you're talking about doing right. that during that period to realize they don't want to do that. Yes, and they'll go back to what the, whatever the they thinks cowboys fish. riding horses yeah. and branding calves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's more of in the cowboy, or that's more in the, the, like what we do. Like, I mean, ride a horse every day, but that's not your whole day. It's right fixing waters or fixing fence or like, I mean, there's a lot of the monotonous, just little deals every day that you don't people don't see on TV or don't hear about like it's right. not all it's not all the, well, the cowboy the cowboy deal it's yeah it's, there's a lot of that that you have to learn at a younger earlier stage in your life to 
right. to be able to. And even here, this is one of the largest ranches in Texas. You guys are going to drag calves for about four, maybe five weeks, six days a week. And as far as like what you see on TV being the romantic thing, you know, like then, like right now, you guys might, maybe you just got done picking up bulls and you're riding colts. It's not, it's not the, sometimes it's work. Yeah. yeah. And so people will get off in it and then discover that, that uh, it's really, really hard work for not very much money. Yeah. yeah. And you can do things where you work less and make more money. Exactly. And so I think, but that's, and your, your comment boots where you said you got to be willing to suffer. I think you probably meant all of that in one, you know, you got to be willing to work hard and maybe not get paid as much. And And back in the day, dragging calves was an honor. And now you go anywhere, a kid, now. Used to a kid will start the herd. Top but ends drug nearly yeah. all the kids. You flanked till you was 50 years old, didn't you? The working. Yeah. And when did uh, you drag your first calf? I, I, you know, I, I learned like anybody as a kid is getting a chance at something once in a while. But most of the big ranches, that just like the first year I worked for Wagner's in 1955, same two men roped every calf and we branded 6,000 calves. Wow. <laughs> Nobody drove, just them Dang. two men. And that's every what day. everybody They'd gets entitled. Horse nearly. To oh, I didn't get to drag today. That'd have took forever if you were dragging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We better cut this thing off. I'm about to get to rolling. <laughs> Start and talk about those fights. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to have us one in here. No, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. We need to. This probably needs to be part one of three or four. Just all the stories that That's could good. be told and all yeah. the advice that could be given. But just uh, the last thing we do usually is give life advice. So and you cannot say ranch hard and be. Yeah, happy. you can't say ranch hard and be happy. Well, I mean, it, you mean go first? Sure. <laughs> you want to, don't you? He I mean, he always says ranch hard be happy, and I was saying he can't say that this oh. time. I mean, I always say that, and it's kind of a saying. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo because I believe it. That's all you got to do in life is yeah. work your butt off at what you do. Wake up in the morning. I don't care if you flip burgers or cowboy or ride bulls. Do the best that you can and be happy while you're doing it. Because if you're not happy, it's not worth doing. Yes, sir. And I mean, I believe that. Like, ranch hard, be happy. I, I think people I think it's a dumb saying, but most real good cowboys would have been a good doctor or a good pilot or whatever if he decided to take that route, because he'd have that kind of devotion you know, to what he's doing. Yes, sir. What's your life advice? Well, uh, I would th- I would think that uh, that a body ought to find a work and do a work that that he enjoys and that he looks forward to going to work of a morning and not not dreading it and that uh, that that's a uh, will will contribute to him and you can make yourself 
I don't I don't believe in guys saying like uh, uh, over a divorce she didn't make me happy it ain't her job to make you you make yourself happy in whatever situation you're in Amen. if you're devoted to it and and, and have the desire and don't let anything in life determine right. your happiness because it's all right here yeah what about you bro well, how do you follow that? <laughs> Let, yeah, let's just cut it off. Ranch hard to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> put it on a cap. No, I yep. don't know. Just see, it's. Uh, it's not all about the money. Like you don't have to. I don't know. It might not be the best paying job. Do what you love. Like, I mean, there's lots of things you could do to make. I mean, like I could be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist, but this is what I like to do. Right. It's not the same money, but, you know. I wouldn't let you work on my brain, but. I told her. Well, it's too small for my big hands. <laughs> and you can't take that money with you. <laughs> told no, you one of the no, boys not long too. ago yeah. that when I started punching cows, I was drawing 1120 and he said, well, for golly, that wasn't bad. And I said, that is for a year. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that uh, didn't make any difference. I didn't, you know. <laughs> got $90 a month. That's $3 a day in them 31-day deals. They beat you out of that because you just got 90 a month, you see. And they shorted you that day, didn't they? Yeah. I remember when the boss rode out of a herd, he's cutting pears out and just come out and rode behind my horse. I was a just 16 or 17, he said, Boots, there'll be $10 more a month on your check from now on. I thought, that'll be $100 a month. You know, what'll I do with all that? Before we cut it off, <laughs> since Dale's a bull rider, you gotta tell the, when that fella roped that bull on the drive and couldn't get it off, so he just pitched his rope, the boss come. <laughs> That's just the story that I heard the old boy. They had to drive and throw the herd together, and there's a bull dragging a rope. And that boss said, Whose rope is that? And that old boy that had roped it said, It's his. <laughs> it's his. It's his, and I give it to him. It's his, and I give it Every time I sit down at a table to eat, I think about that story that you told about that 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 young kid that sat down and there was two pieces of something left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did he yeah. say? Well, yeah. that was up here at Marson's right north of Pampa a Ranch, and the old man Grundy was a big man, and he's going through the chow line. And this kid was one of them guys that's just honorary as he could be. He was a, a good cowboy kid, but he just kid. They was a little bitty piece of pie and a great big piece there. And this kid took the big one right in front of Grundy, and Grundy's the owner. And Grundy said, well, I'll swear, Pike, you took that big piece of pie right in front of me and left me that little one. Pike said, well, now, Grundy, if you'd have been in front and it was the same situation, what would you have done? 
He said, I'd have took the little one and left you the big one. And Pike said, well, you got the big one. <laughs> you, <laughs> got you got it. the little one. <laughs> well, there you go. Now you got it. <laughs> what are you mad about? Yeah. Oh, uh, I like uh, my life advice would be, I'm going to steal it from Tough Hedeman. He said it the other day. He said, uh, take a chance. Columbus did. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, pretty, I, that's pretty good. I like pretty that. Pretty brave, yeah. yeah. I liked it too. I've enjoyed it, and I hope we have I hope we got something like you want. And, Absolutely, and, we did. And, uh, have to cut a bunch uh, of his out, probably. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that was Dusty. Yeah, Dusty. Well, you might have sent it to him. Yeah. Yeah, Kai's one always says it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say uh, the two hardest things in life are climbing a fence leaning towards you and trying to kiss a girl leaning away from you. <laughs> well, that's, 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 Did you put that gone. on something today or yesterday? No, uh, Mike Uthier told Jacobs that and like 10 years ago, and I've always remembered it. <laughs> I sent it to Weldon the other day. I didn't have his number, and so he just got that from somebody, just, just a random, random text. <laughs> I bet he was like, <laughs> he's like, how does this person know my life? <laughs> what, what's going on? Yeah. I don't, my daughter, when we was in Lubbock today, told, was telling me that her preacher in Vernon had started a deal. She said, I don't know if he can hold up for this, but he's going to preach a hundred sermons a hundred days in a row, one sermon for a hundred days straight. And uh, I was telling her, I said, well, that, that rodeo channel's got a deal going. A hundred rodeos in a hundred days. <laughs> and, I reckon, and she she said, just a minute, she pulled over and texted him that did he get it from the rodeo thing. And I, don't, I didn't see what That's he said funny. back. But That's funny. She is attesting him. <clears throat> Well, thank everybody for listening. Uh, it's just been a great day with Boots O'Neill, True Burson. What's your name? Br- Brewster. Brewster. Good. It don't good. matter. Everybody good. knows it anyways. And uh, Weldon. I don't know where he went. Austin Garvin. I'd but, like uh, to thank my sponsors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True's TikTok famous. Y'all Isaac so. Diaz. Yeah. No, no, no. He is sponsored by Burson Halters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess He's I'm not your sponsor. You're just idiot. <laughs> I'm still learning. If you're interested in, uh, don't they have a cardboard cut out of you boots at the supply house? Four, yeah, four Doc, sixes. Doc's supply. got one in his office up there where people can sit down and have their picture. Look up, look up on Instagram. Uh, four sixes supply. Six fours right in a row, and then the word supply. Six 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 supply. Yeah. Don't do just three of them. No, that's a different you account. Throw the four. In there. <laughs> that's a different that's account. One, two, three, four. Don't want to. That's a quattro. Go six. down that. Yeah. Check out foursixes.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Dale Brisby. We're on to the next one. Pow pow. Shh.